winner is. The 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 winner is. I'm so excited. The winner is. Welcome to another special bonus episode of the KBB Review Podcast, all about the KBB Review Retail and Design Awards 2021. I'm your host, Andy Davis, and as we approach Christmas, I've got some early presents to unwrap for you. We'll be meeting a couple of winners from the 2020 awards in the shape of Caroline Davis, no relation, from Aristocrat Kitchens in the Midlands, and Claire Algar from Rouse Bathrooms, just down the road from me here in West Wickham. Caroline won the Kitchen Designer of the Year Project Cost £30,000 to £50,000 award and Rouse Bathrooms took home the New Bathroom Retailer of the Year trophy. And they've both got fantastic and inspiring stories to tell. And we also have the triumphant return of KBB Review Editor Rebecca Nottingham and we'll be sharing some top tips on putting together the perfect awards entry. Now there's every chance you might be wondering what the heck I'm talking about. So the KBB Review Retail and Design Awards is simply the biggest and longest running awards event in the UK and Ireland kitchen and bathroom industry. Entries are now open and we have categories for retailers, designers and suppliers and it's totally free to enter. Always has been, always will be. You can find out everything you need to know about the awards including all the categories and how to enter at kbbreview.com forward slash awards. The closing date is midday on Thursday, February the 18th. A big thank you before we kick off for our podcast partners for the KBB Review Retail and Design Awards 2021, and that's our very good friends at Swift Electrical. Swift Electrical is the UK's number one big brand distributor of sinks, taps and appliances, and it's fantastic to have their support for the 2021 awards. We really do appreciate it. Thank you to everyone there. To find out all about their latest offers, go to swiftuk.co.uk or call a member of the Swift team. Right, let's go over now to one of our kitchen design winners from 2020. And joining us down the line, hopefully, is Caroline Davis from Aristocraft Kitchen and Bedrooms up in the Midlands. Hello, Caroline. Hi, Andy. You're OK? I'm OK, thank you very much. Which one of your showrooms are you in today? I'm in the Briley Hill showroom today. See, very nice part of the Midlands there. I know I lived up there for quite some time. Now, you're in Tier 3, though, of course, at the moment. Yes. Unfortunately. Yes. Well, we'll come on to that in a minute. So, look, back in March, you won the Kitchen Designer of the Year Project Cost £30,000 to £50,000 award. So, congratulations again for that. Thank you very much. I'm only nine months too late or something, but it feels like 100 (laughs) years ago, doesn't it? It does. But let's let's start off by just finding out a bit more about Aristocraft. So, could you give us the potted history of the company? Okay, yeah. So, Aristocraft is now a second-generation family business. My father set it up in 1982 and there's me and my two brothers now that own and run it alongside my my father. And you've got how many showrooms have you got now? Uh, We've got three. Right, so that's quite a substantial business you've got going there. So what's your own background there? Obviously you're involved in the family business but how did you get into the design side of it? I was actually worked in a florist when I was (laughs) many years ago when I was younger and I went round to customers' houses to address their Christmas trees and I designed like floral schemes for parties and then weddings. And then, then my father then asked me to, to join the business, put me on a six-month trial. Um, he wouldn't just let me in. And it, it'll be 19 years in February I've been here designing. And why the design side of things rather than, say, the running the business side of it? Just because I've got a flair for it, I think. I love different colours and textures and 
I love going into a kitchen or a bedroom and, and seeing the room in its sort of original state to then seeing the transformation that I can create and going on that journey with a customer. It's just something that I really, really love. I'm guessing your Christmas trees still look amazing, do they? Uh, yes, I've got three. <laughs> <laughs> You see, it never leaves you that skill, does it? it? That, well, that's, that, that is useful. <laughs> All right, so let's talk. Let's talk a bit about the awards. I've talked about this before, but because I organise it and I get involved in the judging and all that kind of thing, I'm there on the night and I know who's won. But how does it feel in that moment when your name is read out? Because you know you've been a finalist before too and hadn't won it. Yeah. So is it like a cathartic thing for you? What's going through your head? Oh, it was. The feeling was indescribable, really. I mean. We were there as a family and for my brothers and my mom and obviously my, my father to, to see that and to, to all sort of win it together. I mean, the feeling, it was, oh, it was amazing. I still can't believe it now. It's something that I've always wanted to win and I've, I've finally done it. Be the finalist before. And, yeah. you know, I, I know because I see all the entries, I know how many come in and I know how difficult it is to get into the top four, let alone win it. But, you know, I remember when you didn't win and you were a finalist and you didn't win it, you know, you, you were visibly upset by not winning, which is quite, <laughs> it was quite awkward, Caroline, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I think it's just because I wanted it so badly. And you never know, I mean, the designers that enter, I mean, you're up against like the best of the best, aren't you? So like you say, just to be a finalist is amazing, but you just build yourself up. It's like the Oscars really, isn't it? You just build yourself up to win it really. That's why you enter. Well, I'm glad you won, Caroline, just because I know how to spell your name. (laughs) We are not related. There's a lot of Davises (laughs) in the world. Okay, so let's go back to talk about that winning design. It's a very elegant thing, I think. How would you describe that project? It was a big project really to take on. They got me involved in project very early on when they'd had the the architect's drawings. So I actually changed the configuration of the room slightly, which really enhanced the design. It meant that they could have like a drinks area and things because originally they'd got bifold doors all along the one wall and I changed it, shortened them and brought them around the corner, which created a lovely glass corner, which was the dining side then. And I worked very, very closely with the family on what they wanted and what they wanted to achieve because they wanted a dining, kitchen, living space. It's a beautiful, very contemporary yet very classic looking thing. Beautiful floor in there as well. Yes, the the lovely oak parquet floor. Where do you start when you do your projects? Are you kind of a sketch it out with a pen and a piece of paper kind of person or are you you straight into the CAD? Where do you start? Obviously, where I can, I'm out on site. I always go to the the client's home. But in this case, um, they were having a lot of building work done. So, you know, I'll go in my hard hat and my high-vis vest and uh, get a a really good feel for the space and and the rooms that I'm working with. Sometimes that can't happen. I just get produced a plan, an architect's plan. And then I I do obviously just jump into the CAD then and start playing around with different units in in different areas of the room. I'm quite uh, known for changing kitchen from one side of the room to the other just to give something a bit different to what the clients already got yeah and one of the things that stood out from that I think is that sense that you were involved right from the beginning of it all judges in these in this competition they love the story you know they love the backstory of things they want to know there's been a development and a journey that's gone through that's why often the most prettiest kitchens don't always win because they, they don't necessarily have that backstory about problem solving or that you know, you've gone in there with the architect's drawings and persuaded them to to change things all the skills that a designer needs to have in its armory is not just necessarily making things look good 
It's not known. I mean, on this particular project, because I did want it to look quite simple. They wanted like a contemporary take on an in-frame kitchen, which is normally traditional. So I wanted to have the frames made. So I drew every frame out individually. So they fit snug underneath the ceiling. So there was no cornice. And the frames, I had them made quite big. I mean, some of them was 1.8 millimetres wide. Um just because I wanted sort of a single aperture, so there weren't too many lines within the in-frame um, setup. But that took a lot of working out because I needed to go out on site because when they were laying the underfloor heating and the screeding in the floor, I had to make sure it was millimetre perfect. So there were two site visits just to make sure that my frames would fit bespokely to the ceiling. And it's that level of detail, I think, that is, is, is what stands out when people are judging it and hearing that story. And I think it's what stands out when one of the things that we do in our awards, as you well know, is the designers present their projects to the judges in person and they get to ask and answer all the questions. And I think that's when all the levels of detail like this come out during that, that stage of things. It is, yes. Although people get quite nervous about their presentation stage sometimes. Yeah, I was terrified. <laughs> I was because obviously you've got so many talented people within that room and you're explaining your project and why you've done what you've done. I I was nervous on that day. Hey, but it worked. Yeah, it did. It was good nerves. (laughs) How's lockdown been for you, an aristocrat, Caroline? Have you noticed a change in what clients are looking for from a design point of view? I noticed that there's not only sort of designing kitchens now, but more media units. And I mean, it was always quite open plan anyway at the moment on trends, but people are making more of the homes and more of the rooms in, in the, the house. I mean, we're doing a lot of offices at the moment and bedrooms as well as as well as kitchens. Right, because everyone's stuck at home. Yeah, they're, they're trying to make it the best that they can. That's interesting to see if that'll last, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. The most important question here, Caroline, is, of course, will you be defending your title in 2021? Possibly. (laughs) Possibly. You can't just sit back now. You've got to defend it. You've got to be the defending champion. I know. I know. Yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, yes, I'm going to enter. (laughs) Well, that's great. Caroline, thanks so much for your time. Stepping into the shoes of someone in that moment is just fantastic. So thank you. Good luck for for 2021 and have a lovely Christmas. Thank you. And you. Thanks, Caroline. In the next few special bonus awards episodes of the KBB Review podcast, the ones in the run-up to the closing day for entries, which is the 18th of February, of course, we're going to look at some top tips for putting together successful entries. So who better to join me to polish up those pearls of wisdom than the only person who has seen as many entries as I have, and that's KBB Review editor Rebecca Nottingham. Hello, Bex. Are you feeling wise and full of advice today? Hi. Yes. Yes, I am. Yeah, which is quite rare for me. So you caught me on a good day. All right, so we've both come up with a couple of tips each. So let's dive straight in. What's your first one? This comes up every time, doesn't it? My top tip is, for goodness sake, read the instructions and fill the whole form in. It's pretty obvious, but you'd be surprised at how many people don't get that really obvious thing right. Take the time to read the form through before you start filling it out and then actually make sure that you are answering the pro- the questions and putting the right information in there. I mean, it's absolutely key. Yeah, it's a really obvious one, isn't it? But you're absolutely right. I think when people are time poor and they rush it a little bit, and that does make a difference when it comes to the judges because they just they don't have the information in front of them that they need to judge. We have developed and designed those questions over the years. They're very straightforward, but we've come up with the questions that put the right information in front of the judges. So they're there for a reason. Fill them in. 
the the judges are pretty time poor as well. So if they've got all that information they need at a glance right there in front of them, you stand a much better chance. That's it. You've got to put yourself in their shoes. They've got hundreds of entries to look at. They need to get through them, answer the questions. So obvious. Right, here's mine. And it's one for the retail categories, specifically here, the business categories. And that is, don't be afraid to be honest. Tell your story uh, openly and truthfully. Now, that's always true in doing an entry. It's okay to admit where you've got things wrong. And the judgment actually comes in when you see what you've learnt from it and how you plan to put it right. And I think that's a good evaluation of whether or not you're a good business person or a good retailer. If you come into this saying, oh, yeah, we're brilliant, we've made loads of money and everything's fine, we haven't faced any problems whatsoever, there isn't a very interesting story to tell. You have to find uh, examples of where you've made a judgment that has made you more successful or dealt with a problem. Now, uh, obviously, in 2020, that kind of honesty is more important than ever because we've put coronavirus response in as a criteria all on its own. So you have to tell your story as it happened, how you responded to it, how you survived, how you adapted, because that's what defines the very best retailers this time around. No one's going to make loads of money this year, but that is not one of the criteria. The criteria is how good are you as a business person and a retailer and how you adapt to problems when they come your way is a big part of that. So don't be afraid to be honest. It's like being a contestant on Strictly Come Dancing or something. You've got to have a journey. What What is the story that you have to tell that sums up 2020 for you? And that's what it comes down to. Right, over to you. Your turn. Well, I thought I'd go for one, a tip for the design categories. Now, having sat in so many judging sessions, and, it, and again, it's it's such a small point, but it's so important. You must send in floor plans. It's essential. They cannot judge your entry without them. So it's as simple as that. Send a floor plan. You're in with with a chance of winning. It's that simple. The judges understand floor plans for a start. They need to be able to to read through them, the elevations. So don't be concerned if you don't think they're going to make sense to people. These the our judging panel are professionals themselves. You know they they can read a floor plan, and it's important for them to see the floor plan against the finished pictures for them to be able to see the journey that the design has gone through the thing to bear in mind with that and you're absolutely right is to bear in mind who the judges are they are professional designers so this is not a case study in a consumer magazine this is an entry that is going to be judged by professionals so they need to be able to put those beautiful photos into context and the only way they can put them into context is to look at the floor plan pictures themselves are really important aren't they it's what you include in those photos too isn't it importantly we bang on about the fact that this isn't a photography competition we're not you're not being judged on how well you take a picture but put yourself in the judge's shoes you know they have got to put the words that you're put filling out in the form into context they need to see how the bathroom or the kitchen have developed from brief to end so while they look nice in a feature in a magazine close-ups of taps as beautiful as they are aren't really going to help the judges decide whether that's a winning design what you should rather focus on are lots of different angles of the room of the space in in its entirety try and get as many of those kind of things and you know if if part of your story is that there was a particular challenge and you can get a photo of how you overcame that I don't know like a sloping ceiling in a bathroom or something make sure that that's a focus in a picture you know and any other interesting bits of cabinetry that you had to design and make 
to fit a certain space. I think it's just really important to capture the essence of the journey that you went through in that design process. Yeah, understanding the space itself is so important. That's why floor plans are important. And so you need to be able to illustrate that as best you can. Beautiful, professionally taken photography, it looks amazing, but it doesn't always get that across. And as we've always said, aesthetics is only one criteria within the design competition. Meeting the brief, value for money, problem solving, choice of products. So it is not about the prettiest photograph. That's the whole point of this. Have pictures that show the room and tell the story. Simple as that. Right, I've got another general one to finish us off here. And it's kind of along the same lines as the photo one, really. And it's very, it sounds so simple, but it's, it's so important to emphasise it. It is not a writing competition. Be concise and to the point. You are not judged on how good a writer you are or how many superlatives you can cram into a statement. It is about information that is correct, relevant, and tells the story. That's all that matters. I promise you, judges have hundreds and hundreds of entries to get through, and they can't read The Lord of the Rings every time an entry comes up. Bullet point things if you want to, but just get the facts and the information across as succinctly and as uh, eloquently as you can. You don't need to tell us how much is, something's got the wow factor. Oh, no. Or how amazing it is or how, or how passionate you are about design. That will come across. The judges will thank you if they can look at your entry and get everything they need to as quickly as possible. Don't worry about how good a writer you are. Worry about whether the information is correct, relevant and tells the story. Great. Right. Now, while I've got you here, Bex, right, it's quiz time again. Oh, no. These make me look even more stupid than I am. Thanks. Well, they're designed to do just that, obviously. Brilliant. So, look, I've got two two questions for you again. Are you ready? But this time around, I've been nice to you and I've made the multiple choice. Oh, okay. Okay. That's always easier. Okay, I like a multiple choice option. Okay. Question one, are you ready? Yeah. In the highest project cost design categories, okay, so kitchens over 50,000 and bathrooms over 25,000, yeah, so that's the highest project cost design categories. How many people have done the double and won both categories in the same year? Is it A2, B4, or C6? Two, four, or six? I'm going to say that's not many. So it's definitely of the lower two. It's not six, I don't think. Oh, I'm going to go four. Oh, it's two. It's oh. only two. We had Andrew Rizza in 2014 yeah. and Ros Wilson in 2017. And I think if my hazy memory serves, both times the kitchen and bathroom were in the same property, I think. Wow, okay. They've done the whole house and the kitchen and the bathroom in that house have both won the award, which is amazing, really. But it's, yes, it's only, it's only twice that has happened. And Ros, of course, is now a judge for us. Yeah, fab. So you got that one wrong. Wrong. <laughs> Question two. Yeah. At the KBB Review Retail and Design Awards 2020, you know, the ones that were in March, I know it seems like a million years ago, but they were only in March. Yeah. What percentage of the audience chose the vegan option on the menu? Was it? <laughs> okay, go on. Was it A, 11%, B, 21%, or C, 31%? Oh, goodness. Can I just ask, vegan or vegetarian? Or is that the same thing? It was all one option. Okay. That makes a difference to my answer, you see. It's important. <laughs> it is. Sorry. So it was 11%. 21 or 31. Well, I was one of them. So, ooh, I'm going to go B again. 
21%. And you'd be right to go, B. <laughs> I got one right. You'd be right to go, B. It was 21%. Woo-hoo. Now, it was 11% just five years ago in 2015. Wow. So it's gone up 10%. In five years. Now, some could say that's an interesting indication of how society is changing and its dietary habits. Mm. I would just say we've got a lot of fussy eaters. <laughs> Maybe in one of them. Right. That's it for this time. Thank you very much for your top tips, Bex. And we will see you again for the next one for some more advice on how to put together a winning entry. Thank you very much. Okay, let's talk to another of our 2020 winners now. This time it's Claire Algar of Rouse Bathrooms in West Wickham in Kent, and she took home the new Bathroom Retailer of the Year trophy back at the event in March. So, hello, Claire, are you there? Hi, Andrew. Yes, I am here. Obviously, I know Rouse Bathrooms well, or at least the location, because you, your showroom is about 10 minutes from my house. That's right. Um, so we're based in West Wickham High Street, so we're quite close to Bromley and also Beckenham as well. Which, as anyone who's listened to this podcast knows, I look out of my loft window at Penge. That's basically the view I have every single day since lockdown began. And as you know, well know, Claire, Penge is not the most picturesque of places. No, I also know that very well. Um, I grew up in Penge, so stone's throw from where you are, but yes. So West Wickham's not too far away, but far enough away. West Wickham's much nicer than Penge. I'm not putting Penge down because <laughs> I go to Penge a lot, but West Wickham's quite a very nice bit. It's a really lovely area, yeah. It is, it's very nice. Now, as I say, you won the new Bathroom Retailer of the Year 2020 award, so congratulations again for that. Thank you. But I think to get an idea of why you won, I think we need to step back probably to, you know, summer 2019, as I think that's the best place to start in the Rouse Bathroom story. I'll kick you off. You were a bath store franchisee, weren't you? So tell us what happened. That's correct. So we were bath store franchise from uh, 2002. So we'd been operating for almost 18 years. We've sort of been happily ticking along. And last June, we were given the news that they'd gone into administration. And basically, from that point, they cut our contract, refused to supply us anything. So we basically had to go back to scratch from there. We had a lot of refunding of original orders with customers to cancel. And um, from there, really made a review and the decision to continue on but as an independent which is probably one of the hardest things we've had to do but certainly I would say from there best decision we made from there. The way you tackled that situation and decided to stick with it for a start and then come out fighting with a great new business is the reason you picked up that trophy in March. So given everything that you've been through you're winning an award like that must have felt like a real validation that the stress and the work and everything might just have been worth it. Yeah, I would agree. To be fair, there was a lot of tears shed at the start, really not knowing where to start from. Certainly winning the award really made it all worthwhile. Um, It also really sort of felt we put ourselves on the map a little bit as well. So rather than being this tiny little unheard of independent retailer, it really felt like we became, I suppose, formed an identity as such. And it wasn't just a case of switching from one to the other. I mean, you did finish all the jobs, the outstanding customer jobs that you had. I mean, you did right by everybody. I think that's one of the main things. Yeah, I mean, for us, we've been located in West Wickham for such a long period of time. I think you build up a really good rapport with the local customers you've had. You get a lot of recommendations. And it's a lovely community high street. So quite often you'd see people out and about that you've dealt with in the past. And to be honest with you, from being a decent point of view, there was no way of not refunding the people who 
had already placed orders with us. So what we had to do at that point in time was actually just to get in touch with everybody, explain the situation, obviously offer a refund if people didn't want to proceed. A few customers did, in which case we then had to switch them on to alternative products with other suppliers that we had accounts with. I'd say majority of people took their money back, which I think is completely understandable. The minute you mention administration, sort of, I suppose people build up a picture of instability. But yeah, a few people stuck with us and um, the rest were refunded and we started from scratch. And obviously from there, we then had to sell off everything that was in the showroom as it was all now obsolete for us, which put us in a place um, that I really would never want to find ourselves in again because um, the minute people sort of think you're closing down has a very negative impact on the way that they view your business and it almost feels like the vultures come in. So um, certainly having the clear out and starting from scratch again was the best thing and by November we'd got the showroom completely refitted and obviously we've been taking new orders by that point as well and just reforming. Yeah, and you've got a great showroom there. It's such a nice little business. And obviously, by the time you hit the awards in March, you win a trophy, you're thinking, oh, right, we're through this now. We've got past this thing. And then suddenly in March, well, we all know what happened, don't we? So which has caused more sleepless nights then? Is it Bath Store going under or is it the lockdowns that have happened since then? I would say Bath Store going under. The lockdown, to be honest with you, I think... I was in a bit of disbelief, obviously, when we were told that we had to shut down for, I think, what was initially laid out as three weeks. We we stopped for three weeks, and then from there, we were getting so many inquiries through via email. But actually, it's, although we weren't turning over a huge amount, it certainly felt more positive that the leads were coming through. And obviously, then, the sort of feeling of the shift of um, change where people were investing in their homes uh, rather than on the holidays and the experiences that they had booked for 2020. So um, COVID, I have to say, was obviously a, a big concern, and it's definitely had its issues that we're, we're still dealing with now, particularly with regards to, obviously, showroom closures and stock. But I would say the hardest part was the changeover from being franchised to being independent at the start. Do you think the resilience that you discovered, that you learnt about yourself in 2019, has helped you through 2020? Yeah, no doubt. Being independent and um, starting again, it's been a huge amount of work. However, it's been so much more enjoyable. And I think when you're driving yourself, the motivation comes from within. And I think it just gives you the the get-go to to just plug on, plug away and um, keep going. Okay, so how's business been for you in the last few months in this run-up to December? How's it been for you? Brilliant. I can't complain at all. Uh, we've, we've seen some really good figures. We've been operating quite a lot of the time by appointment only, which has definitely been working in our favour, I think, just being able to manage people a little bit better. But turnover has been great. Even so far during December, it's been pretty good. I can't complain. Whereas obviously normally at this point in time and year, it goes very quiet for us. Um, I think where people have been obviously in lockdown to a degree during November, I think people are champing at the bit to get started on projects that are coming through at the start of next year. So I can't complain at all. Well, which is brilliant news, of course. What's your predictions then? What's your crystal ball telling you for what's going to happen in 2021? Do you think this demand will carry on for substantial amounts of time more? Or can you see it starting to tail off into more normal levels? I mean, I I would say personally, um, I would guess that it's going to carry on being very busy, particularly up until March when the furlough scheme comes to an end, in which case I think we'll get a true idea on the amount of redundancies that will come out the back of COVID. I don't imagine 
huge amounts of people are going to be placing holiday orders in any rush in case this doesn't subside. Too many cancellations obviously just equal disappointment for people. I also do think that habits have changed. I think we are all used to spending so much more time at home. And to a degree, you've got a lot of people who like to keep up with the Joneses. You know, their neighbours have had an extension done. Their friends have had their bathroom done. And it does, I think, spur people on to do work in their own home. So I I think it's a positive trend for 2021. I think we'll have to see how it goes. But um, I'm feeling positive. And what kind of plans do you have into the future for Rouse Bathrooms. Do you can you see a bigger showroom, more showrooms? Have you got any growth plans? I think for the minute, I mean we've got a substantially large showroom as it is and we've taken um, a staff drop this year. So we're operating on two people at the moment and being so busy, um, I think the main thing we need to do is to get a new um, member of staff into the showroom who will be particularly good at the design side because we do get asked for it so much now. So certainly I think restaffing in store, growing the, the sales force that we've got and I think embracing what we've got this year. From there, if it's successful and if the numbers you know, continue to grow and we've still got a positive trend for 2021, then it's yeah, possibly I would consider opening a second showroom. But I'm very much a believer in making sure you can walk before you run and making sure we've got everything smoothly running before we we take a jump into something else. Well, the gentrification of Penge is happening as we speak, Claire, as you well know. Yes. There's a microbrewery opening up there now. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And there's a Wilco's. The gentrification is happening and I can see you there now. Okay, sounds good. Claire, thank you so much for telling the story again. It really shows that the new retail of the year categories are very broad and they're not just for brand new, you know, from scratch businesses. They are for changes of direction. They're for new ventures. And in your case, bounce backs. They're about, as we keep saying about these awards, it's about telling stories. And yours is a, is a really inspiring story. So thanks very much for sharing it with us. And hopefully we'll see you again. Well, you can't enter the new retail of the year category again. So you, you, you'll have to enter the retail of the year category now. Sounds good. (laughs) All right, Claire, thanks for your time. We'll speak again soon. Thanks so much, Andrew. Take care. And that's it for another special bonus awards episode of the KBB Review podcast. Huge thanks to our former winners, Caroline Davis and Claire Algar, and thanks to KBB Review editor, Rebecca Nottingham. And of course, a big thank you to our 2021 podcast partner, Swift Electrical. You can find out everything you need to know about the KBB Review Retail and Design Awards 2021 at kbbreview.com forward slash awards. Remember, the closing date for entries is Thursday, February the 18th, and there will be no extensions past that date. We'll be back with another special awards episode in January. Until then, Happy New Year. <laughs>